don't cut it no more. Want a great big pipe? Well, hello from Baltimore, Maryland. This is Carl Franklin. And Richard Campbell. And we just got done with show number five. Six. 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 Oh, my God. The numbers are flying by. Yeah. Bit by bit, we're getting through it. And we're in that happy place now. We're sitting in the RV in the parking lot with beer. With beer. And that always brings them out. Although, you know, more people have passed up beer than have taken it so far. Well, some people have work in the morning. And they have to travel to get home. And we want them to travel safely. Well, we are here with our first guest, who is Eli Allen. How are you, Eli? Okay. And who are you, and what do you do? I'm a C-sharp developer, and I'm currently doing design-type work for Accenture in D.C., and okay. live up in Baltimore County in Maryland. And are you still in school, I thought I heard you say? I just graduated in 2002. Ah, okay. And what was your major? Computer science. From... University of Maryland, College Park. University of Maryland, the fighting... The Terps. The Tarps? Did you say Tarps? Terps. Terps. Okay, educate terrapins. me. Uh, terrapins. All right. The uh, turtle. The fighting turtles. There's something funny about that, and I don't quite know what it is. Mm, that they're fighting turtles? I thought you said Tarpins, which now I was going to show off my knowledge of Polish horses, but that's a separate issue. And it's not the fighting Terrapins, it's fear the turtle. Fear the turtle, because they bite. Hey, the year that I dip. graduated was when they won the whole tournament for football and basketball. All right. ACC. Well, congratulations. So you... 2002 was a tough time to uh, graduate. Yes. Job market was really bad, especially around here. That was, this was a lot, there was a lot of comm sci degrees out there running around looking for work, or there just wasn't a lot of work? I put my resume out there and asked everyone I knew, and no one was hiring. Wow. What'd you do? Uh, I found a place doing IT work. So you crossed over to the maintenance side. Yeah, but thankfully, since it's a lot of redundant work, I programmed my applications on the side right. to automate all the work. Right. And so did the development work come after a while? Well, after a while, I decided this IT work is getting really boring and yeah. I need to start doing development. So I started looking for a new job. And so how long have you been developing in C Sharp? Since essentially. 2001 or so. Oh, right. So you've been, been in it for a while. And so you actually learned development in the university itself? I've done programming since way before then. Oh, okay. Graphing calculators are great for school. But did, they have any, programming. but did they have any .NET classes there? Yes. At University of Maryland, there was one class that used .NET for um, low-level control designing. Oh. So taking a text box and building a text box from scratch, not having any components that base it on just using all the drawing and event handling. So they low taught level. you how to build a text box from scratch? Yes. And a scroll bar from scratch. From scratch. Yes. They're very and annoying C-sharp. to do that low level work. Okay. And doing all the why? drawing. Um, the professor thought it was a good idea. Oh, I see. Um, some disagreements with. Tell me you've the, taken uh, those skills and put them to work in the field. <laughs> In some ways, yes. Not in that. Now I know not to design controls at that low level. Ah, I see. So you spent an entire semester learning, don't ever do this. Well, it also helped in learning some of the lower levels of. I think that's the point, really, is that, you know, you want to, it's like dissecting a frog in biology, right? 
You want to learn how these things are put together. Now, did what did you? It's interesting. If I was to build a text box in C sharp, what did you start with? Just um, did you start with a, like a component class or a control class? Did you inherit anything, or was it all absolutely from scratch? Just use a panel and draw the borders with the drawing APIs. A panel, okay. And then having the mouse know where the mouse position is and okay. drawing the text by hand. Okay. And then figuring out where you click is where in a word and for the right. cursor. I think it's an excellent proof of just how much potential the language has. You can dig down that deep. Uh, it's just not the typical thing most C-sharp developers are doing in .NET. Right, but you probably have a little bit more of understanding of how delegates work and how events are handled and all that kind of stuff, I imagine. Well, and the drawing part, that's the drawing sort of the part. hard part. Right. So um, what drew you here tonight to this event? Uh, I saw it from the Bato MSDN user group. Mm-hmm. They were mentioning it, and so I thought I should come out and see what it is. Do you normally come to the user group events? Uh, Bato MSDN I've been going to. Yeah. I don't have that much time with work and right. all that. You think the this sort of community stuff is a good, good uh, way to learn? It can help. What's going on? Well, the problem with trying to work in D.C. and living out here is how far the commute is and then getting to the meetings on time and all that. Right, right, right. And it seems like most development around here is ASP.NET, which sure. personally, while I interned for the IES group for IS6 at Microsoft during college, I still don't like the window, the web interface. I think the web's great for when you need to use a web, but if you need... If you have a local app, you should write it as a local app. You shouldn't use a web interface. A smart client believer. Can you feel the power? Put your hands on the radio, ladies and gentlemen. I believe you. I'm, I'm all there with you. Um, uh, ASP.NET, great for uh, internet websites, and that's, what, that's what it, where it shines. Yes, it's easy to do an intranet site in ASP.NET, but if you have control over those machines, you should be thinking about smart clients. Just no one around here seems to do that. From my experience, you're the only believer. <laughs> well, Eli, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and good luck in the future. Thank you. All right. Our next guest is Gary Blatt. Hi, Gary. Hi, how you doing? And why don't you tell everybody what you do, who you are, and what you do? Well, uh, I am a .NET developer for the last four years. I've been developing in general for going on about 23 years now. And uh, I started back in the old days with DBase in the mid-80s and uh, mm-hmm. managed to migrate through quite a few different environments, including Smalltalk in an OS2 environment. Uh, but that's where I cut my teeth in the mid-90s on object-oriented programming, which, of course, laid the foundation for later on getting into .NET. Just love DBase. DBase oh. made me a lot of money. Absolutely. Lepa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's right. And so you say you learned uh, the foundations of object-oriented programming with with what? Um, I was uh, working in an OS2 platform Mm -hmm. uh, for uh, Burlington Northern Railroad, a very large railroad in Fort Worth. And uh, they made the commitment to trying to build an object library. And uh, they were using, at the time, like I said, OS2 and the Smalltalk programming language. Oh, Smalltalk. I missed right, that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Smalltalk. You and must have been drinking at that time. Fusion Sorry. methodology. That's okay. We'll forgive yeah, you this Smalltalk sort of the classic, uh, the original object-oriented platform. So Back in that heyday with Eiffel and Prolog. Absolutely. And all those crazy languages. And But the point is, is it laid a foundation. You know, I, I got out of that as quick as possible. It really course. is a way of thinking. 
Correct. It's a it's a methodology and uh, it's a it's a technology that um, was pretty cutting edge at the time. Um, as I made the transition, though, from that small talk environment into Visual Basic and pretty much lost all OO capability. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Big step backwards. It went, went from the beautiful theoretical languages to the one that just builds code. Right. And but, of course, like most developers love the rad aspect of sure. uh, being able to throw things together very quickly. Um, but well, structured, of course, because of my background, I wasn't just lots of discipline. Yes. So what are the, what kinds of things you're working on these days? Well, in the last couple of years, I've been very focused with SharePoint, um, probably the most misunderstood technology that Microsoft currently has out. How do you look at SharePoint then and seeing, you know, seeing how you see it misunderstood? Mm-hmm. What do you think the right look to SharePoint really SharePoint is? SharePoint is really nothing more. My one sentence line is it's nothing more than a set of templates for ASP.NET. A lot of people look at it as much more than that and don't even consider the concept of just because you're using SharePoint doesn't mean that you can't work with external apps, you know, your good old ASP.NET that you've been doing for years um, and coordinate that and mix that in with uh, SharePoint because the object model is very accessible from outside of the internal SharePoint environment. Um, yeah, I, I've seen such a lack of education, quite frankly, that um, I'm starting a SharePoint users group, actually. Uh, our Excellent. Kick, kickoff Around meeting here. is next month in Northern Virginia. Um, that's, you know, I'm originally from Baltimore, but uh, I'm now living down there. Is there a website where people should look for that kind of thing? Or um, Right now, the website is in development. Um, but Do you have I, a URL in mind? Or? Uh, well, yes. Um, I already have the domain of SUGDC. For SharePoint Users Group in DC. Okay. Dot uh, org. Okay. Um, but right now that points to a SharePoint site that, of course, you need credentials <laughs> to right. log into. So um, just keep trying until it becomes public. It, it will definitely become public uh, in the near future. And uh, it's possible that the DC part may change to VA. You know, we have an identity crisis down there because we're so close to Maryland, we're in Virginia, and we're so close to D.C. You know, all those states are too close together. It's Absolutely. Kind of it is. It is very scary. <laughs> Just like the houses and the roads, right? Right, exactly. So <laughs> I, I've had the good fortune. Too close together and a little crooked. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Not too crooked now. Come on. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm from Connecticut. I mean, come on. Our governor, I understand. <laughs> our governor, need I say more? <laughs> I'm from New London where you can't even keep your damn house. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say that the cost of living in Northern Virginia has become quite legendary. Legendary as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No question. Uh, but the, one of the things that, along with starting the user group uh, related to SharePoint, is that I'm working on a project now for the uh, Office of the Secretary of Defense at the mm-hmm. Pentagon. Oh, but wonderful. And uh, the company I currently work for, Metro Star Systems, has mm-hmm. the contract there. And uh, what we're doing is all of their entire portal solution. What we're starting with, though, is converting an ASP application where people from different armed Forces would enter in a request into an ASP application, print it out, and then type it into a Word document. Oh, um, man. Obviously very archaic. Yeah. Um, what that I, brings up bad memories for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, double data entry is just a killer to yeah. begin with. You know? Word docs, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But what I'm doing is I'm using the good parts of SharePoint where I can create a list very quickly, mm-hmm. allow them to do the data entry into SharePoint, yeah. Then I programmatically take that data and um, feed it to a Word document. I access the Word engine programmatically and uh, hit the bookmarks in a Word document template, if you will, mm. um, fill out the Word document programmatically where my field names match up to the bookmarks. 
Yeah. And then add that newly created Word document into a SharePoint document library that's linked back to the list. So it's all tied together. I'm using the good parts of SharePoint. Yeah. With some external processing going on, because I can call an external ASPX. You know, it seems to me with SharePoint, it, it's really a product that has adapted itself to the way that people naturally want to work on the internet. And it isn't something that you have to explain too much, you know, to end users. Well, and that's the Other way. Other than the credential thing. You correct. Know? I mean, Microsoft really positioned it. Right now, if you go out on the internet and look for it, it's underneath the Office products. Yeah. It's not underneath development because yeah. Microsoft didn't know how to exactly market it. Right. They push it as very much a end user product. You get an administrator to, you know, install it and then let the end users go wild. Right. Help yourselves create lists, do, you know, manage it yourself. Right. The difference and, is it's very accessible on the back end. Correct. Yeah. Of course, the downside here is I guess you're actually running a copy of Word on the server. Oh, absolutely. That is a major downside. Um, and because I have a very limited user base, um, in this particular case for the application, they're guesstimating no more than five users in a day. Yeah. Now, the last time I did anything with Word on the server, there was a part of those, an apartment threading issue. Mm -hmm. Is that still an issue? Well, it's not so much an issue because I wrote a thread killer that goes out oh. and kills all my WinWord <laughs> threads yeah. that are running after a certain amount of time. Right. Cause um, the whole idea with apartment threaded objects is you can only have so many of them. Exactly. When, and uh, again, it wasn't the optimum solution. You know, the optimum solution presented to me originally was use XML. Word understands XML. Right. Take your data. Yeah. I got it, you know, in an object. I can easily put that out into exactly. XML, serialize it. And Shouldn't so is, be that an the issue. Way, is that the way it worked out or? No, because when I looked at the XML solution and realized it would take two professors and a scientist to, <laughs> you know, even understand the design of it at that point, I said, you know, look. A little bit of a learning curve. Correct. Yeah. Of course, there's one other technology roaming around out there. I don't know if you looked at it yet, which is uh, Visto, Visual Studio Tools for Office. Yeah, I'm very I'm, familiar with that. That and is has, one of the things that was supposed to address is you don't have to load Office on the server anymore. But that's just not true? Well, what's not true about it is that there, the older version for 2003, which does exist, is pretty much not getting any more support because they're all focused now on the 2005 version. And, and the 2003 version, as I understand it, was very challenging to use. Uh, challenging would be an understatement. Yes. Um, again, you know, I don't mind a learning curve. I like jumping into new technology and looking at things and doing the research. But when you reach a point where, hey, I've invested all of this time, what's my payback? Where's my return? You know, there are some third-party tools out there that, that host uh, doc files and all that kind of stuff on the server that are very small and scalable. Yes, they are. And they also cost money. And we're yeah. talking about the government and right. our government typically doesn't like to spend a lot of money. Right. All right. So listen, this is your moment to uh, talk, to say anything. You have the audience's attention. Well, I, I'll, I'll say two quick topics. First of all, I forgot to mention earlier that I am a VB developer trapped in a C sharp world. Yes. Um, and uh, while I have been uh, very heavily uh, leaning towards VB.net, I've pretty much been forced into C Sharp yeah. uh, for a lot of the wrong reasons. But, yeah. um, you know, we won't get too far into that. Topic. Okay. Well, you like VB. Yes. Yeah. Um, and using C Sharp makes sense if you come from a Java background or a yeah. C++ background. Sure. But when you've done VB for so many years, mm -hmm. trying to make that transition to C Sharp is not exactly a, a walk in the park for everybody. Right. Some people it is. And the perspective of the C++ guys is just switch. Right. You know, who What's cares? The problem? What's the problem? Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, the second thing is, of course, the company that I'm currently employed by, Metrostar Systems, based in Fairfax, Virginia. Um, 
They provide enterprise portal solutions. Uh, they are a government contractor company. Mm-hmm. And currently we are working with um, the State Department doing their portal solution. We're working with uh, the Office of the Secretary of Defense at the Pentagon working on their portal solution uh, using SharePoint and some other technologies. Great. Is there a URL we can bring people to? That would be metrostarsystems.com. Great. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later. Our next guest is Mark Cloak. Hi, Mark. Hello. Tell us who you are and what do you do? I am Mark Cloak, and I uh, play around with uh, programming. Okay. Next guest. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Now you were you did sound duty for the show tonight. Uh, you set up a very nice rig. I really appreciate the great microphone and that little amplification goes a long way in a big room. Yeah, so well, thanks a lot for that. Well, you're very welcome. I enjoy that. The microphone is CMAPS, but uh, the other equipment was mine. You know, isn't it really true that audio is the last thing people think of in a in a production such as this? They just assume it's going to be there and that it'll work, and that there'll be some minimum wage guy walking around with plugs and microphones, and it'll just work. But you really know when you've got a bad audio crew, don't you? It can totally destroy a, a, a speech or a lecture or anything. Yeah, and you guys didn't have to work so hard. Randy at the last minute said, you know, I don't even know if these guys have their own system. And yeah. so it kind of worked out good for us. Okay. Yeah, the only system we've got is built into the throat here. We just belt it out when we have to. Now, Mark, I remember coming over to your rig uh, in the break between Richard and my Richard's and my talk. And uh, I noticed that you had a nice little application up there on the screen that you're using to control the audio stuff with. Um, what was that? It was a it's a program that I wrote in VB.net. And how it started was uh, one of my customers is a DJ. It was a DJ company, mm-hmm. and one of his duties is to announce at the high school games of his son. And one of the things he wants to do is have like sound effects, cheers, and songs and stuff like that. Yeah. So I said, well. He had some time, and I said, let me see if I can figure this out and do it for you, which I did. And as I was doing it, I saw this potential of, because I'm a DJ, mobile DJ right. part-time, and I'm like, wow, this is really fun. Mm. So uh, I gave that part to him, and then I went on and did the uh, DJ thing. And So now it's it's really cool, and I've given it to a couple of DJs to... So what does it do exactly? Um, plays music. Um, there's three players on it, um, just like a regular DJ, you'd play one side, and then the other right and also has like an mp3 player where all you just put in a list and it'll just continually play cool the music and it does fades and stuff like that and plays one and out of the other and yeah playlists and everything so you're actually able to do a crossover inside your pc to transfer music to play music well i do it i do it like just click on a button start and when it's going down and that's the way i dj really when i when i have cds I've, i don't have to worry i never have to worry about fading one button to the other it's yeah. you, you know what the time is. You know right. the songs. I've been a professional drummer for about twenty years. No kidding. Yeah, I haven't played in about ten, but I was I played professionally there. I was also a street performer at Inner Harbor and Awesome. Yeah, did all kind of stuff. But uh You know, I, I haven't been I started playing drums seriously like in two thousand one. I didn't really I mean I've been banging on pots and pans all my life, but I got my first kit was a uh Roland V drum kit and I played on with headphones for a long time, virtual drums, right? And I finally got up uh, the nerve to buy a real kit, and I bought it uh, just a couple of years ago. And I play every day. I yeah, love and things. I've I've heard you do like the purdy stuff. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. The purdy oh, yeah, shuffle. The purdy shuffle. Oh, that's love hard. It. That's the that's the for those who don't know, "Home at Last" by Steely Dan was where I first heard Bernard Purdy play this. Yeah. The guy's a session drummer from the '60s. He's played with everybody, 
And he's got this laid back, funky beat that's very hard to do. And it became the holy grail of drumming for me. And I practice it every day. And it's really hard. Yeah. And you yeah. sound good. And oh, I, I like your music too. It's, oh, thanks it's a lot. Good. This, what's the what's the uh, latency like when you click the play button to when the music actually starts to play when you program this? It's pretty darn quick. It's it's Windows Media Player is all I'm using. Yeah, and um, just yeah. like the when you press the play button in Windows Media Player, yeah. probably. And it's um, nearly instantaneous. Like I said, you, when you're playing with it, you realize you know what time you got. I mean, right. just something to, after doing it, I do it all the time, so I yeah, know. No different than a physical device where you know there's exactly. a little lag to getting here. Exactly, and you know what it is, and you compensate for it. Cool. So how long have you been a programmer? Um, I don't know. I was doing VB6. Yeah. And then uh, was reading these news groups about this .NET thing, and, and they yeah. were just like, don't go there, man. That's the worst yeah, it's thing. That's evil. And <laughs> I'm glad I did. It's, it's fun. So you learned VBNet in 2000, 2003 Visual Studio or 2002 Visual Studio? Two. Okay. And, I, and I still don't know it. I'm still learning. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, there you go. So what do you think of the new VB? It's good. I've got a beta too. I've been playing around with it, and yeah, yeah, it's definitely fun. It's much more it's like it used to be, right? Yeah, yeah. So cool. All right. Well, listen, you have the floor right now for any calls to action or shameless plugs or anything you want to say. Go right ahead and say it. I don't know. Should have had a beer. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go. Mark. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Our next guest is Maurice Ray. Hi, Maurice. Hi, how are you doing? Great. So tell us who you are and what you do. Well, I am currently, a, unfortunately, an unemployed SQL Server DBA. I was okay. a spyware database administrator for Computer Associates. Spyware database. So you, you kept track of all the little nasties. Yes, I did. Wow, what's that job like? Uh, it was really tough, let me yeah. tell you. How often um, did they come in? <laughs> well, I can tell you this. Uh, uh, my job was three functions. I was a SQL data, database administrator, yeah. uh, Win32 programmer, and uh, .NET programmer, and a uh, data center operations specialist. Wow! So you were up to it, up to your ass and alligators, basically, <laughs> about ten hours a day. Wow. Okay, he's thinking. Edit point. We'll edit that out. So yeah, back, back to the spyware database administrator. I'm serious. I'm curious as to like. You know, did you have like a, a bell that went off, ding, when a new one came in? Or like, how how does that work? How does that well, database get maintained? Well, I'm not sure if I can say okay. a lot of things okay. because, of course, you're our competitor. Sure, we are? Well, Microsoft was. Oh, Microsoft did. Microsoft bought Giant. Giant's an Andy Spyware uh, company. We don't actually work for Microsoft, but. Yeah, we don't. Uh, Let's talk about them. We, we say nice things about them, generally. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say anything bad about Computer associates, even though they laid off 5% of the uh, employees. And I won't say anything bad about computer associates with the microphone on, but ask me later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pretty much don't care. So uh, you can say anything you want to me on or off mic. But, but I can tell you a little bit about my work. And, and you'll if you go up to ca.com and mm -hmm. go to the spyware advisory, mm -hmm. all of the data that's there, you're seeing that from my wow. results. Wow. Well, hey, thank you. That's a great job. Well, I think Pest Patrol likes it, and I like. I think all of the customers from Pest Patrol, yeah, they uh, they enjoy the services that we provide. So, would you say if you had to pick one of these roles, which would you say your primary role is, or which one do you enjoy the most? I enjoy SQL Server role because I've just recently been trained in SQL Server 2005. Yeah, and I like to uh, say that uh, 
you know, the Ascend training that was provided from the ISV with Microsoft.com was excellent. Yes. Oh, great. Uh, I've been through the uh, Essentials of 2000 uh, for SQL Server 2005. I've been through the Understanding Business Intelligence for 2005. And I've also been through some other trainings here. So I'm ready to roll. Even though, even though CA uh, laid me off, I'm willing to uh, relocate and willing to ready to go to uh, work right now. What's your email address there, Maurice? Uh, you can always, always go to Maurice, M-A-U-R-I-C-E, Ray.com. Oh, and great. And uh, you can go there or you can go to Maurice Ray Consulting, either one. Well, I'd be surprised if you didn't get a few hits on that. <laughs> I hope but, so. And you're all up to speed on a product that isn't even shipped yet. And I mean, is, somebody's got to jump on that. Is that amazing? People are not moving to uh, uh, to SQL Server 2005 very fast. Well, They're, you know, the IT mantra is, change is good, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think also maybe some DBAs are afraid of the framework being in there and what they have to learn and... Uh, I, I, I really think that is the case. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I really think you, you really need to take a deep, deep look at it. And, uh, of course you can't just jump into it and go. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. And the framework is off by default and that wasn't by yeah. accident. I mean, they're trying to remember, you know, the database administrators have to care and feed this thing. So don't make it too different from what we're familiar with. Yes. And then, you know, those things can be added in as time goes by. Not only that, but the security is off also. So you really have to build a SQL Server database to your liking. you got to set it up right, tune yes. it right. I mean, that's, the surface, that's, that's the job. Surface configuration tool, you have to do all of that. Hey, who was your instructors in the Ascend program? Actually, Bob Beecherman. Bob Beecherman. You know Bob. You know Bob. I was yes. at a party with Bob just a few weeks ago. Yes, and Kimberly. Uh, Tripp? Kimberly Tripp. Kim yes. Tri you learned from Kim Tripp? Yes. This She's is a qualified man, ladies both, and gentlemen. Both of those teachers were very, very good. Now, we've had Kim on the show a couple of times, and both times I had a headache. I mean, and, I, I and, didn't follow And my her. last teacher was Ola. Ola, I don't remember his last name, unfortunately. He he taught uh, new features of SQL Server 2005 here, right here in Baltimore. Cool. Uh, so, Ola, I apologize. I don't remember your last name. Well, we learned from Bob, too, at the Evangelist Airlift. So, the thing that they put together for guys like us that are in the speaking business was Bob was our instructor. And, of course, Kim's shows are one of those shows where people listen to him over and over again at half speed. Including me. Yeah, to try and get all that stuff in that she crams into an hour that we give her. And I just met Raj, awesome. I think his name is Raj. He was another uh, scalabilityexperts.com uh, teacher, mm. and I uh, met him today. So uh, well, listen, I've been if, all, all the way around. If you're listening out there, here's a highly qualified SQL 2005 DBA. Just go to mauriceray.com, yes. and uh, good luck with that, man. I'm sure it won't, really your unemployment it. won't last too long. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Maurice. Our next guest is the ringleader of this whole shebang, Randy Hayes. Hi, Randy. How are you? Hey, doing fine. How about yourself? Doing great. Good. I'm, uh, to quote Mark Dunn, jacked up higher in the prom dress in June. <laughs> Very good. So, uh, what is your role here? Uh, for CMAP, which is the Central Maryland Association of .NET Professionals, I'm the president. Among several other things, but okay, primarily the president. And is this essentially a user group, or is it go? Does it go more than? It is at this point essentially a user group. Yeah, it's, it's an Ineta group. Yep, it's a, we're Ineta. We have them as affiliates as well as a few others. So we're 
we're basically serving the community. We don't have any fees or anything like that for folks yeah. to come in. Uh, we're trying to really uh, provide a forum for people to come in and learn about .NET and understand what it is, where Fabulous. it's going to take them, you know, what they're going to do with it. And, you know, having having you guys come in certainly lays that in even deeper. because We had a, a great group of folks. Yeah. It was yeah. Lovely. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah. It's a big, I mean, you have a big membership here. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We average on... Um, for for a lot of our main meetings that we have, we average, uh, you know, about forty or so at this point in time. So mm-hmm. we're we're growing. We're growing actually pretty quick. We have we have a lot of different meetings that we do. We have our main meeting, which is uh, you know once a month. We have three special interest groups. One is for pretty much focuses on architecture. Mm-hmm. Another one is for the developer in mind, and another one is for those that are going for their certification. So, wow. uh, and that one meets twice a month. So we have five meetings a month, basically. And this, this is all under the umbrella of this, of the CMAP? All under CMAP, yep. Now, um, when I was looking for places in Baltimore, there's a lot, there's even more stuff than CMAP going on in, the, in oh, this sure. area, right? Yeah. There are other groups too? Um, not as much. There are a couple around. Yeah. Um, and we are probably the primary ones servicing, at least in this, the .NET world, um, sure. into this Baltimore area, the southern Baltimore area. Yeah. Uh, we do have sort of a sister group, which is the Balto MSDN, which is more north of Baltimore based. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's uh, there's a, I was, I'm very yeah. surprised. I mean, all up and down the East Coast so far, there's been really, really vibrant and vital .NET yeah. communities. Well, Baltimore in general has not been a real deep Microsoft world. Uh, it's you know you got a little lot of IBM type folks around right. and so forth. So it's all that government influence. Yeah, there you it? go. Yeah. You got it. But I mean, it seems like the government contracts are where .NET development is going on these days. Yeah, it's so. starting. Yeah, so uh, you're seeing a shift there. I mean, right. you're finally starting to see it grow in the area, and uh, we're really excited about that. I mean, we started out. It, the group was maybe 10, 15 people that were coming to the meetings, yeah. and most people still didn't really understand what .NET was all about. So right. it, it's grown quite a bit since then. People have really started to take so, hold. So when you uh, are not doing CMAP business, <laughs> what do you normally do? CMAP stuff. No. <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, that's a long story. But no, actually, I'm also the president of a company here that um, basically do development work for okay. uh, small businesses, small to mid-sized businesses. What's the name or URL? Businesses. It is Expert Network Solutions. Okay. And the URL is Expert Net Solutions. Okay. Uh, it's actually both of them, Expert Network Solutions, but it's a little shorter. If it's just ExpertNetSolutions.com. ExpertNetSolutions.com, yeah. Okay, so basically what we do is we go in and we do development work as well as... Um, well, actually, we kind of take a, a back-ended approach to it, which is the first thing that we do is we work on the, the infrastructure. Yeah. And we go in and we essentially plant in place for small to mid-sized businesses who are sometimes fairly willing to make changes like sure. that. Uh, we put in a system that is mm. very easy to go in and do back-end development on. Yeah. So we have the infrastructure in place. We can go in and we can make it happen. And we don't have to play games with, oh, yeah, well, we got all these Windows 95 right. systems exactly. over here and, you know, oh, this is running this. And so it's, it makes it a lot easier. Sure. Uh, but it's, it's an uphill climb in, in a lot of places. But um, it's, it's fun. Is this mostly a management role for you? Have you been a developer in the past? Are you developing um, now? Or? I've been in technology for over 20 years. So mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of stuff, doing development for at least a good portion of that time. Wow. Um, Oddly enough, I kind of left the development world and took on more of a sales type role yeah. uh, for about five or six years. And uh, it was right right sort of the, the, 
the internet craze started to come yeah. out, and yeah. uh, I, I got a I got a chance to skip the ASP scripting world. Oh, well, that's good. And anyway. when I got back into development again, it was with .NET, and it was like, oh, yeah. surprise! This is just like what you did before. Yeah, <laughs> no scripting required. Don't you think so. developers sort of make the best IT business people? Oh, I mean, absolutely. If you've been able to do it at yeah. that level. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, Randy, um, you, here's your chance to uh, say what you want to say, plug what yeah. you want to plug. What do you want to say? Well, in general, I, I guess the only plug that I really have, especially after tonight and such a great show, oh, was, uh, was definitely uh, for CMAP. And we, have a, we have a great crew of people that are involved. We have a great crew of Great people. facility. Great facility. Uh, Biggest we have, freaking screen yeah, I ever saw. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you won't forget that screen for a yeah, while, really. will you? You might have nightmares about it. It's like it. an IMAX version of PowerPoint. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the one place where you can do a presentation and rarely do you have to deal with, well, let me change the font size so yeah, you can see it, right. you know, because it's pretty visible from everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, great crew of people here. I mean, we have a lot of, lot of good folks that are coming in as members that are participating. We also have a great crew of people that are behind the scenes making CMAP happen. And so an architecture so. group, which is really important. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, we try to really focus on best practices throughout all of our special interest groups and our main meetings. We try to Fabulous. really bring that point home to people. Randy, so, it's been a pleasure yeah, been talking a pleasure. to your group. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. You bet. Thank okay. you for coming. Our next guest is Christopher Steen. Hi, Chris. Hello. So tell us what you do. Um, I'm a lead software engineer for Microsystems down in Columbia, Maryland. Uh, very good. And what do they do? Uh, we uh, develop, uh, among other things, point-of-sale systems for uh, hospitality and front oh. desk systems for hotels. Touchscreen stuff, right? Touchscreen stuff, correct. And uh, the front desk for large hotels. Excellent. So um, I was at Burger King the other day. And, uh, no, <laughs> it's I'm not just, my fault. I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whopper with cheese. <laughs> and you've never heard of the haptic touchscreen, I'm sure. No, I have not. These are now touchscreens that push back. Ah, no. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. No, not, not, not have heard that. So uh, what, what is your role in the company? Um, I'm primarily a software engineer. Uh, mm -hmm. I do a little architecture, a little design. Um, primarily, I'm doing uh, ASP.NET, uh, some WinForms. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have actually a lot of uh, .NET uh, development going on in micros right now. Very good. Uh, and your primary language? Uh, C sharp. Okay. Uh, coming from a C plus plus background. It was good. Good. Now, what was that like? That transition? Had oh, you very done, easy. Had you done Java before? Yes, I did Java before. Uh, okay. For C plus plus so. to Java, then to C sharp. Correct. It was a uh, smooth, easy as yeah. could be. Yeah. So, what did you find familiar going from Java to C sharp? Huh. Let me see. Um. There was quite a bit familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won't specify anything particular, sure. but it, it was actually a very tr easy transition. Yeah, that's good. Um, so you're primarily building ASP.NET stuff in C Sharp. What uh, level are you doing? Are you doing like back-end components? Are you doing the applications? Are you web controls? So everything uh, in between? Uh, we're doing GUIs uh, all the way down to uh, writing web services to interact with both our non.NET services and other other .NET uh, applications. Of course, the implication here is that there's there's a .NET running in these big hotels and other hospitality centers. Yes, there is. Wow. That's cool. Holiday Inn Express, by any chance? Uh, p quite possibly. Awesome. So if uh, we get charged uh, inappropriately, we can... We can I say, thank you I very can, much. <laughs> I can fix that for you. Uh, <laughs> point me to an ASPX file. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, we even uh, do stuff with a compact framework. We actually have a, a, a device that we built that runs CE.net. So we actually have a point of sale application that runs uh, on the compact framework. Actually, a mobile device or something mounted? That's no, it's just mounted. compact. Yeah, it's mounted. Uh, the mobile devices we do have is all native C plus plus. So we do, which, which is par handles. for the course. I mean, that's been the standard of development for working with mobile devices up to now. If you're serious about it, is specific devices programming directly against their API. Right, exactly. We use the symbol devices, so we're all we're tied to that hardware right. at the moment. Have you been a consultant before? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, so you've always worked for other companies doing yes, things. I have. Let me. This is a question out of the blue, and I don't know why it just came to me. I'm feeling playful at the moment. So, have you ever uh, gone into a company and you've taken over a project? I imagine that other people have done. What's the wackiest thing you've ever seen that you've had to clean up after? You uh, don't have to name names. <laughs> Although um, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Let's see. The well, the only thing I can think of is the the wackiest line of code, which is probably your standard. WTF material <laughs> is is something that it was converting a string using convert to boolean and then testing with a qu- question mark and returning either the, the, the value true or false. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wacky. That's a WTF, no yeah. doubt about that's it. Right. <laughs> All right, what was his name? Uh, I'm just kidding. No I'm just kidding. Well, uh, here's your chance to uh, say or plug anything you want. Um, uh, well, uh, again, uh, having um, being part of CMAP, I would just want to. Yeah, we didn't ask you that. What's your role inside of CMAP? I have a couple roles. Uh, my first role is a technology director, so I help uh, direct in terms of things like themes for the meetings, uh, direction in terms of technology and stuff like that. Um, also, I'm the developer group coordinator. So I organize the meetings and, and come up with the topics and drive the discussion, that type of stuff. Now, an interesting challenge for running a user group. We, you, I mean, the guys sitting across from you here are evangelists. So quite often, Microsoft asks us to go to user groups to talk about things that Microsoft wants us to talk about. As a guy on the other side of the fence, steadily fed requests, you know, Microsoft saying, hey, we've got a speaker that'll talk about X. Do you turn that down? Does it fill your schedule up? Like, what's the balance there for you? Uh, we, we generally are trying to find speakers. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, we, we certainly won't turn anyone down in oh, terms okay. of speaking. Uh, you know, so, you know, if Microsoft is sending us speakers, we'll gladly take them. And I presume that happens a fair bit <laughs> or not? Uh, and Ineta speakers too, probably. Ineta speakers. Well, you, as a user's group, you generally get three Ineta speakers a year. A year. Yeah. And generally when you request them, sometimes uh, they, it's hard getting them. Yeah. Um, so to fade into schedules that you want. Right. So that's, that's really the trick. So, so what far. about the Microsoft local office? Are they doing any of that stuff for you at all? The local office actually has been pretty great. Uh, Jeff Snowman mm-hmm. is the uh, community champion. Uh, he's here at most meetings bringing us stuff, swag and that type of stuff. Andrew Duthie was here today. He's uh, yeah, we're highly gonna, involved in the... We're going to speak the, to him tomorrow in, yeah. in uh, Virginia. He's very involved in the community in the area. Um, sure. Both those guys are actually do a very good job. So do, the, do you have them up on the front of the room every so often, or is it generally just support work? Uh, Jeff does actually speak sometimes, uh, or he will help you know find a speaker for us. And what about pulling speakers from your audience, you know, user group uh, being the users helping users? Does that happen much? Yeah, we actually are doing a, a 2.0, ASP.NET 2.0 miniseries as part of our users group normal meeting, in which our members that are coming uh, – 
that come and speak to different parts of the new ASP.NET framework. So we had... So, so you get one topic per person, 10 minutes up? About 20 minutes each meeting. Thing. So we had one data binding, uh, Scott Allen, who's MVP in our That's group. Great. He came and talked about uh, master pages. Um, and and we'll, we've got uh, Randy going to do some things on uh, generics and stuff like that going forward. So it's, yeah, so we do have uh, the community involvement in the group. That's great. So um, you you saw the sh- the show tonight. Did you learn anything? I learned anything. Uh, I learned how to uh, do background tasks in three lines of code. Hey, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, and uh, Richard is always lots of fun. Oh, um, absolutely. The gig you can fit up your nose. The joke that won't die. And now we've <laughs> now we've ruined it for everybody. Well, and I yeah. didn't know how many versions of Clementine there actually were. Yeah, there's more. Yeah. The, the, there's a, a legend that's actually true, that on a trip sponsored by Data Dynamics with Robert Scoble and VBits somewhere back in the 90s or the two, early 2000s, we went on a trip from San Francisco to Yosemite, and on the way back, I sent Clementine the whole way taking requests. The whole way. It's like two and a half hour drive. Yeah, we ran out of swag before we ran out of Clementine versions. <laughs> yeah, I could have gone on and on there. Just a little kumbaya next time. Ooh. Ah. Uh, doesn't a work. Handhold, no. <laughs> kumbaya doesn't work. Couldn't no. get developers now. Yeah, in general, the folk music doesn't work. The Beatles don't really work either. There's a couple Elvis songs that work, but Beatles, I don't know. They have, they have a different meter, you know, the British, uh, than the American songs, which, you know, tend to be Clementine-ish. Anyway... Chris, it was great talking to you. All right. I appreciate the time. Thank you, you very much, thanks guys. For, thanks for, thanks for Thank having you. us. All right. Hey, Rory. Rory Blythe. Okay, sorry. I think I was covering up the, uh, the sound with my pinky. Okay. I did that earlier today, too. It's really embarrassing. Ah, That's the second time I've done that. So, uh, I'm going to buy a ticket. What day and time do you think I should buy it for? Uh, well, you know that we're doing the Atlanta thing on Friday, right? Yeah. So it's going to yeah. be in the evening, and then we're we're leaving the next Saturday to go to Orlando. So, okay. you know, a plan accordingly. You probably want to get to Atlanta in the afternoon. We're going to drop you off in Atlanta on Sunday, right? Yeah. On Sunday, okay, get, so. Give me an idea what time in the afternoon that'll be. Probably pretty late. Okay, cool. Then I'll make it for pretty late. Like 8 p.m. is that safe? Yeah, that's safe. Okay. All right. All right, thanks. Hey, it's been good having you on .NET Rocks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you later. <laughs> our next guest is, and our last guest, it looks like, is Jason Favorites. Hi, Jason. Hi, how are you doing? How are you? I'm great. Uh, who are you and what do you do? Um, I'm a developer, jack-of-all-trades, certified in some. I work for a wonderful company called Applied Information Sciences, and they're a local company out of Reston. I've heard of these guys. Uh, government, though, right? Or military? They Part of their our, uh, people do work at the Pentagon, and then there, we have a civilian sector that works for uh, primarily corporate. So what, what uh, kinds of things have you done that you can talk about? Well, um, I'm a new hire, so um, okay. I've been learning a lot while I've well, I'm just, I just recently did a, got onto a new project. Yeah. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of XSLT, XML, mm-hmm. .NET 2.0, Visual Studio, the whole works. Great. It's going to be a great project. Um, in the past, I've actually worked for NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Cool. Where I got to do something called Ship Tracker, which we call near real-time tracking of ships. Where GPS? Um, yeah. 
actually GPS and other environmental data that they uh, they send over the wire. This is all positional stuff, knowing where the ships are off the coast of the country. Yes, exactly. And there's an awful lot of country coast. So do you do beyond 200 mile range or uh, well, just inside? We, we call it near real time because it, it they, it's anywhere in they have coverage with the satellite. So the satellite usually goes over well, three or four times a day. Right. And then they, they've been collecting all this data. And they, they zip it up. They pass it through. And then it comes down to the, uh, the data center where it's unpacked and goes through some .NET services and some SQL server and then goes into some Esri, uh, GIS products and out comes a map. Right. Fabulous. This reminds me of what we're doing with the road trip, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it's just, you know, using the GPS inside the RV, reporting back to the server to try and put dots in the right places. It's starting to work now yeah, that we're, yeah. we're a week into the show, but it's not quite ready yet. But we are calling web services and passing GPS location data, and, you know, we don't have as many requirements as a government uh, in terms of project in terms of security and whatnot, but, uh, yeah, that's what we're essentially doing. But yeah, your sh- the ships you're tracking don't have uh, the same kind of connectivity. They're just once, twice a day yeah. saying we're here now. The day the day will come where they have twenty four seven. Yeah, but, but it's not now. It's it. It might be might be sooner than we think. I mean, yeah. the next vessel that went out, I they at the time they were thinking about it, it might have twenty four access with broadband and and all that. That the, you know they're integrating that with um, Discovery Channel has some for sure. Some, People well, involved with that. If you're willing be... to pay the money, I mean, the Iridium network is up there, and it'll work beautifully on the water. It doesn't work that well on the land, but on the water, being able, to, you basically can have a cell connection that works all the way across the ocean. It's just money. Yeah, it's only <laughs> your money. tax money at work. So, out of all the things you do, what's your favorite? Your favorite thing, technology-wise. Favorite thing. What do you really like to do? Um, programming. I guess yeah. I mean, I'm such a nerd. Yeah. Um, kind of, I actually programming libraries, I guess. Oh, okay. You know, there, there's different aspects. You know, you people, some people like to do WIM forms, which I do like to do. And some people really like ASP.NET, which isn't as fun for me, but I like to, to think about data and model data and, you know, get in and do some database design and then write the API that accesses over the top of that. I'm with you. Uh, I think if I had to choose my favorite type of thing to write, it would be components and DLLs that are for use you know, for reusability. And building that suite that the other developers use to get at some particular resource, whether it be data or some kind of interface to a device, that kind of thing. It's good stuff. Yeah, so it's, it's also very fun. Right, lots of fun. What are some of the things that you've done just for kicks in that regard? Um, fun projects. Fun projects? Yeah. Oh, but I work all the time, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, You're a nerd, man. You don't watch TV when you go home. I know. I know this. Well, there is sci-fi though. Friday, right. Friday nights. Well, not. But other night. than that, you know, you're you're writing code, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I recently downloaded Dojo, which doesn't have much to do with .NET, and I'm and that's a JavaScript library that has some pretty cool stuff in it. Huh. Um I I, I never I've never heard of it personally. Um, it's very new. Doesn't have any documentation. The way you learn it Perfect. is by looking at the code. <laughs> so what does it do, Dojo? Um, I. I can't speak for Dojo themselves, but it, it looks like they're, they're trying to be a library instead of everybody reinventing the JavaScript wheel a million times over, huh. that they want to become kind of a clearinghouse. Oh, or, cool. And uh, for, they have this widget framework. It's almost as just writing VB, you know, kind of like VB3, but, um, but in a browser, I've seen some amazing things at a recent user group wow. that yeah, it was a VB3 app 
completely running instead of IE and Firefox looked just the same. Active, it was oh, wow. it was amazing. And, and this is a, a free download, or is it a, does it cost money? Um, well, that particular application was built by a company that charges a lot of money, but sure. They, but I mean, but, Dojo itself. But they were based upon Dojo. I was told, and that's free. And yeah, Dojo Dojo Toolkit org. I think is the you know, the URL for it. Sweet. Wow. I wonder if. You could probably build some web controls that spit out some of that stuff. I imagine that would be quite easy I believe easy to that do. is the uh, goal there. Wow. Awesome. In the end, you know, ASP.NET does generate JavaScript on the client when necessary. So this is not that far out of space, really. And you can actually link to a JS file, which is how they do the, uh, you know, the, 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 the validation controls and all that stuff is just a JS file on the server wow. that they link to. The, the neatest thing from, from that point of view is the... Uh, the Atlas and seeing how it's just so easy to connect to web services. Yeah. And was it web service ASMX? Was it question mark JS or is it slash yeah, JS? I can't I remember, think. but I let the last demo I saw our chief architect at. It's really point. easy is the point. Yeah. All right. Well, here's your moment, your 15 minutes of fame. You got, you got the microphone, say anything you want. Um, gosh, I don't know. I'd Did just, you do impressions? Got any jokes? No, I'm just kidding. Nah, uh, I'm just I just a just a nerd that plays trumpet and Ah, uh, more musicians. Are you are you user group regular? Yeah, I uh I it's hard to get the C map from from my uh place where I work, but I also I actually presented at the uh, the last Win Team Pro Rockville SIG that we had a couple weeks ago. That's great. So um I'm kind of a regular. I got my this current job that I have being at the right place at the right time at the user group, so I believe in them fully. That's an interesting truth, isn't it? That the, there is a networking element there. I notice when Carl and I take that break between him finishing and me starting, everybody's busy. I have to pull them away to go back into talking again. They're all networking. I mean, people are talking to each other. In fact, the slide agenda that Randy set up, the first item on the agenda, 6 to 6.30, networking and pizza. You know, it's encouraged. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's part of the, what makes the, the whole user group model work. So if you're sitting around, uh, you know, on a Thursday night or when a Monday night, Tuesday night, whenever these guys meet and you're, you're, they, there's a user group going on, just get your butt out and go. And, sure. you know, eat before you get there because the pizza sucks. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know, go and go and network with people. And it's it's not fair. We've been eating pizza every night. I know. That's the only reason I say that. The pizza's pizza. But, you know, when you have it every night for 30 days. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, thanks a lot for uh, well, talking to us. And we'll catch you guys all later on listening to .NET Rocks. Oh!